TheBatmanUniverse.net presents the Batman Universe Podcast, your source for all the latest Batman news related to movies, television, merchandise, and video games. Thanks for making the Batman Universe your ultimate source for Batman news. Welcome to the Batman Universe podcast. I'm your host, Dustin. And as always, we have with us... This is Apple. This is Savannah. This is Nick. And in this episode, we have a guest co-host with us. You guys may have seen him on the forums, and you may know him from various different sources. It's Brian Crosby. Welcome, Brian. Thanks. Thanks for having me, guys. Brian's been pretty much asking us to be on the podcast for quite some time, and I'm glad he... It all worked out and we could have them on, so we've got a bunch of different stuff to cover. One of the things we've, we're going to be talking about is, because Brian has worked with Gotham Public Works on their fan film, Batman Forsaken, we're actually going to be talking about fan films as a whole, not just Batman Forsaken, but all kinds of the different fan films that people may have come across. Our spotlight character for this episode is going to be Batwoman in preparation for Detective Comics. By the time you're listening to this, Detective Comics have actually already come out. That way you'll know a little bit more about the character you just read about. And we've got a bunch of news to cover, so let's get started. To the Batmobile. Let's go. The first thing we've got is in movie news. On June 18th, there was a story that came out of MTV that basically was the the gentleman who's always interviewing people over at MTV for the movies... His name is, uh, I want to say his name is Josh, but I'm probably wrong. He was interviewing Michelle Pfeiffer in regards to her new movie, Cherie, and in the interview, he talked about Batman 3. So we're going to play that clip now. I have to ask you, because especially with MTV and our audience is always interested in comic book movies, I grew up with your Catwoman, an amazing performance still. Um, are you curious about, have you watched the Chris Nolan movies, and are you curious about, eventually they have to get to Catwoman, obviously, in these films. You would think, they better, they should. Right? Yeah. So who should be Catwoman? I don't know. I mean, there, I've heard a lot of names bandied about. Any of them pique your interest? Angelina, Rachel Weiss has been talked about. Both would be awesome. What does the right Catwoman need? What is, uh, as I don't the... know, because you can go, I don't know, you can go a lot of directions with it. So, um, but, you know, I think they'll get somebody amazing. I think both of those two would be great. You're there, though, in case they need some advice, some sage-like wisdom from the preeminent Catwoman of our time. Yeah, I, I'll be there for a consult. <laughs> they know where to call you. I can give the uh, whipping lessons. Right. Because I did my own whipping. I, I believe me, I remember. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it makes an impact on a child. All right, so that's that's interesting. Uh, Michelle Pfeiffer kind of saying she's going to consult any new Catwoman down the line. That's kind of interesting. It almost seems like the the reporter who's asking her the question, he always seems to kind of force these Batman questions on people who aren't really expecting them. Um, he did this with Michael Caine a couple months ago, and the answers weren't necessarily the, the greatest news questions in the world, but that's, that's that, so... I like the part where she said that she was going to show the next Catwoman that she could show her how to use the whip because <laughs> she still knows how to do that. <laughs> well, if you want to learn from the best, I think Michelle Pfeiffer is actually quite a good teacher. But I think you're right about this interview with Dustin. I felt sorry for Michael Caine when he got Michael Caine in trouble for the last interview. So I hope, <laughs> my, I hope Michelle Pfeiffer doesn't get in trouble this time. 
<laughs> yeah, the good thing is that Michael Caine didn't really, well, my, the, the interview was kind of different with Michael Caine about him, you know, talking about who was going to be the next villain just because he heard it in a rumor paper, so. Yeah. It, it almost felt like to me that, that that comment that Michelle Pfeiffer made was being taken out of context. I really felt like she was saying that in jest, that she would mm-hmm. consult, and it said a sarcastic statement, and she would actually be consulting with whoever's going to be the next Catwoman. But yeah. that's just my own take. Yeah, that's yeah. I, I I definitely agree with that. It really f- seemed like it was a forced answer because she really wasn't expecting the question. Yeah. Right, so the only other news, movie news we have is our source at Warner Brothers Animation has actually let us know that at Comic Con this year we are going to find out all kinds of information about the new Superman Batman Public Enemies movie. So. That's we haven't really heard anything. We saw the trailer a couple weeks ago, and then Warner Brothers had it pulled off all the sites. So we can expect to hear a lot of news about Superman, Batman, Public Enemies coming out at Comic Con. Um, they said that they're going to have a panel specifically for the movie. There's going to be some of the cast there. So there's going to be a lot of stuff that's going to come out at Comic Con about that movie. Oh, I, yeah, and I can't I can't wait till we go to Comic Con and cover this to see who's going to be behind it, who they're going to have on stage talking about it. Yeah, that'll be exciting. It'll be new information, and hopefully we get to see some new people, see the voice actors. That'll be awesome. Yeah, the film looks good, and once this Green Lantern film's been and gone, then um, I'm looking forward to a lot more hype about the Superman-Batman film. I've been I've been happy with uh, the stuff that's come out from uh, Warner Brothers Feature Animation. Their stuff seems to be pretty solid. Um, I really enjoyed and I enjoyed Wonder Woman, and uh, you know this looks like another another good one. Yeah. So as as Apple mentioned, we will be at Comic Con. If you didn't know that already, I'm sure we've mentioned it before as well as on the forums. Apple, Savannah, and I will be at Comic Con covering all the latest Batman news coming out of Comic Con. This is going to be obviously one of the things we'll be covering, so make sure you're checking out the site around Comic-Con to find out what we're finding out. It's all part of the plan. So let's jump over into TV news. We've got a couple things to report. Not very much, though. There was two interviews that were done, both by Newsarama, both within a couple days of each other. The first one was on Monday, June 15th, and the other one was done on June 19th. The first one was done with Phil Morris. And if you don't know who Phil Morris is, you probably know him, actually, if you watch Smallville, because he's actually has played the part of Ma- Martian Manhunter in, you know, on Smallville. So Oh, that guy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. A lot of people probably wouldn't re- notice that, but he... Probably would say, oh, that guy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. That, that's how he's recognized as that guy. <laughs> he, uh, or actually... Jackie Chan from Seinfeld. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. A lot of people might not know this, but he's actually doing the voice for... He did the voice for Jonah Hex, and he's actually done the voice of a couple other characters on Batman the Brave and the Bold. So there's an interview. We're not going to go into the details, because it wasn't anything like really newsworthy. It was just him talking about him voicing the characters on Batman the Brave and the Bold. So if you want to read that interview, head over to the website. The headline is, Phil Morris Talks Voicing BTBTB Characters. The other news story is same exact thing. John DiMaggio also is voicing some characters on Batman the Brave and the Bold. And he did an interview with Newsrama on the 19th. And basically, he's doing the interviews for not only Aquaman, but also for Gorilla Grodd. 
So um, he's, I can't say that he's as well known because I don't think he's done any live action acting, but obviously he's got a good voice if they're using him for more than one character. So if you want to check out that interview, also head over to the site because, again, there's nothing really newsworthy to discuss. Yeah, he's got a great voice. He's really good as Bender in Futurama. And if there are any Futurama fans out there, by the way, Futurama's coming back. Woo! <laughs> uh, but yeah, he'll, he'll, he's got a great voice, and they could do something good with uh, the Brave and the Bold with him. I don't know. I think his Aquaman voice is kind of over the top in some regards. Uh, but then again, Aquaman, the way they portray him in the show at least, he is a little bit over the top. Uh, yeah. yeah. How can yeah. you not be over the he's top al- with that dialogue? He's almost more of a Johnny Bravo character than yep. than Aquaman. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Yes, it's funny though. <laughs> yeah, he's just missing the sunglasses. <laughs> yeah, he's, he, he even has the blonde hair. All right, so that's all the TV news we have. Batman: The Brave and the Bold is still on TV, so make sure you're checking out the new episodes every Friday if you're here in the United States. Look at me. Let's jump into merchandise news. We have a couple of different things to report. The very first one is that there's a bunch of new DC Direct items announced. Let's go over the items first, and then we'll I'll discuss some of the, one of the things that's really interesting. We got a JLA Classified Classic Series Two Batgirl action figure. Um, we've got a Batman Mad Love collector set, an Amikami Hero Series Batman PVC figure. An Amikami Heroine Series Robin PVC figure and a Batman Black and White statue that's going off of the art of Marshall Rogers. Now, all of these items are scheduled to come out in February as of right now. And one thing that's interesting is that the Robin figure is a girl, not a male. That is interesting. Yeah, especially since it's not... A female version that we would know. They just basically took Rob and made it a female, and it's not. It's not um, Stephanie Brown. Yeah, it's not Stephanie Brown. It's not Carrie Kelly. Yeah, it's not Carrie Kelly. So it's just kind of a female version of Robin, but whatever. Now, one of the other things that was announced was that there's a statue coming out for the upcoming Superman Batman Public Enemies DVD. Now, what makes this interesting is there's a Batman one coming out and a Superman one coming out. Um, they're announced now, but they're actually coming out in September. Now, anybody who follows the merchandise and when it comes out in, in relationship to other things that come out, most people who are Green Lantern fans and are waiting for the Green Lantern film might know that there's a Green Lantern statue coming out for the Green Lantern First Flight film in July. It's basically coming out either the week after or the week before the movie comes out. So, because of that... We are led to believe that because not only do they announce a statue in a month, it's coming out in September, which is not when they're announcing all the other figures. So this is coming out much sooner, which makes us believe that hmm, maybe the movie is coming out in September and not late fall like we were hypothesizing before. Right. When when I had a, you know, when this came out, the news came out, of course, I told my comic guy, I said, okay, is there a solicitation for a DVD in there? Because, you know, the DVDs are always in the back. So I was looking if they may be coming out with the DVD sooner also. But nope, I didn't see the solicitation for it, but the statue's there. So that may lead me to believe that maybe they le- released it right here with Comic-Con coming out next month. Maybe the next previews, we might see something alluded to that DVD. 
That is weird that they put the figure and the DVD in separate previews. Do they usually do that with the movie figures? It seems like that's a weird practice. Well, yeah. Well, the merchandise, usually the merchandise comes out way before. What happened with the Dark Knight is that I don't think DC was going all out with their merchandise. That's why you see now with the Hot Toys items that all these other uh, Joker statues, I mean, and right. Batman figures all came out way after the movie. They were, I think Warner Brothers was doing a wait and see, uh, uh, seeing how the film was accepted. But with a, a DVD like this, this is the norm where the merchandise comes out way before the movie does. My advice is yeah. maybe we'll get lucky and the film will come out a bit earlier, but don't hold your breath. Yeah. yeah. I, I would say it's pretty typical, you know, for, for the merchandise to come out in advance. You, I mean, you want to start trying to build up hype and excitement and buzz for the film well in advance. You, that's, when you, that's when people are going to buy the merch, especially if the movie's no good. Then nobody's going to want anything <laughs> after it. So. Yeah, I, I guess the only thing that I kind of question is the fact that I could see them putting out the merchandise early. I just, I don't think enough people would know that it has to do with the movie unless we get some news. Now, we know we're going to get some news next month, but I don't really see a bunch of people jumping up and buying, you know, a $100 statue just because it's, well, anybody who's not Apple, I should say. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's... Anybody... Anybody who's not Apple isn't going to just go buy a statue just because it has the Batman name or it has Batman on it. So That's what I'm thinking. The, with the DV, direct-to-DVD release, it doesn't seem like they've got enough hype built up around it yet to release it so far in advance. But right. and, and they've done this in the past with the Wonder Woman DVD. This, the, the stuff didn't come out that much in advance. Maybe oh, okay. two weeks at the most. And like I said, the Green Lantern one coming out in July... The movie comes out, I want to say, on July 23rd. No, that's not right. It's not the 23rd. It's the week after Comic-Con. It comes out the Tuesday after Comic-Con. But the figure comes out either the week before or the week of. So it's not that much in advance. But it's not abnormal either for it to come out in advance. <laughs> right. So it can go either way. All right. So the next bit of news on June 18th, we got an email from Warner Brothers Consumer Products. And they announced that they have formed a partnership with Washington Shoe Company. Now you might ask, why would you care? But this is there's that means there's going to be some interesting Batman items. Now I'm going to read some of the press release that they sent me. I'm not going to read it all because it's pretty actually it's actually pretty long. But the basic gist is Warner Brothers Consumer Products on behalf of DC Comics announced today is extended into a partnership with Washington Shoe Company, leading manufacturer of footwear and fashion rain gear, to launch a new collection of rainwear for kids and juniors under Washington Shoe Company, Western's Chief, and Chuka brand names. The upcoming product lines will feature the beloved Warner Brothers characters Scooby-Doo and DC superheroes including Batman, Superman, Supergirl, and Wonder Woman, among others. So what does this mean? You're basically you're going to be seeing some more Batman gear out there, uh, Batman shoes, especially Batman rain gear for the kids. I can just picture a rain suit that's actually looking exactly like a bat suit. I could, I could just see that, or at least have a hood with like a cowl on it. Yeah, like the sweaters that are out there. That would be pretty cool. You know what would be awesome if I could get some like yellow bat top rain boots, like Batgirl. That would be amazing. Oh, yeah, yeah that's cool. Yeah. 
But you, you'd wear those all the time. You wouldn't wear those just in the rain. Oh, right. <laughs> always. <laughs> yeah, if I could find a rain a rain cape like that with the with the hood, I, I wear it all the time, even in the sun over here. Yeah. I can. Okay. <laughs> you do what you got. You do what you got to do, man. <laughs> yeah, they, they never make it for the big guys. <laughs> all right. So the next bit of news we have is on June nineteenth. Hot Wheels sent us over an email announcing that they have a new Batmobile. As most collectors know, Hot Wheels collectors, I should say, Hot Wheels released a new models edition of the Batmobile back in 2007, but it was extremely difficult to find and was sold out pretty quickly. Well, now they have re-released it as a RLC 1966 TV series Batmobile, and you can only order it on the Hot Wheels Collector website. Now, we've talked about the Hot Wheels Collector website in the past. You have to be a member in order to order the stuff that's on the website, but it doesn't take more than just giving them your email address to become a member of their website. So the price is fourteen ninety nine plus shipping, and based on how fast the two thousand seven version went, you might want to pick this one up if you're a Hot Wheels fan or a Batmobile fan in general. Yeah, these these things were like hot. As I saw, of course, you know I'm a big time collector. These items were going quick, but I can see some differences. If you ever see like the Batmobile, like the uh, of course the price range that they're going for, these are not the high price end ones. The the three hundred dollar. Well, they started off like around forty dollars, and then they moved up to the hundred dollar ones, and then the three hundred dollar version. But these are just the the basic ones that you can find, you know, like at a store. But it's only going to be limited to the collectors. The fourteen ninety nine one, as you see in this picture, some of us were able to get like uh, maybe some gold tarnished type rims. In last year's version, and here on the picture, they look more of a of a silver finish, kind of plated chrome look. So you can see some differences between last year's to this year's. Yeah, I mean, there's a last year's series was was very cool. We were able to track them all down by ordering. We had to order actually a whole case to get all of them, and then we we kind of between a few buddies of mine, we we dug through them and, and picked out the ones we needed. But then now this this series two that's come out that has the Super Friends Batmobile and it has the Batwing and it has the the Batpod, yeah, a few others. The yeah, the Batboat. Yeah. I, I, I did I did find the Batboat. I did find the Batboat. It seems like every podcast, myself and Apple, have a chat about how much we love that old Batmobile. So I'll certainly be checking it out. <laughs> yeah, you got to get it. Yeah. Yeah, the, the thing is, I found that the Series 2 Batmobiles are in this set. It's not, keep in mind, everyone who's listening, that the set that we're talking about is a different set than this collector's one that we're talking about in for the news article that, that we're discussing. The Series had five Batmobiles, or five Bat vehicles, I should say, in the last, last year, and they all came out right around the Dark Knight. Now, there was a Series 2 that came out, and that's what... Brian was talking about, but I don't know about anybody else, but I've been having a real hard time finding them anywhere. I have two. I have all five of the first series, but I haven't been able to find any of them, and I don't really want to start shelling out the tons of money on eBay for them until I know for sure that they've actually been released everywhere. The only place I've been able to find them were, um, I found them at a collectible comic book store here in Los Angeles at Universal City, uh, the City Walk. I was able to find some of them. That's where I tracked down the Batboat and the 1989 Batmobile. Now, they do, they do have another 1966 Batmobile in this series, too, but the difference is is this one has a trailer hitch on the back, yep. so you can mm-hmm. actually float around. Yeah. So endless hours of fun there. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, and if 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 uh, I know uh, Batmobile fans are like saying, well, wait a minute, the Corgi ones had the little trailer hitch. I mean, the the very old ones from the '60s. Also, those came with like the little like, trailer hitches on them. Also, so that's a little, I guess, homage to the old style ones. That's funny. I wonder if they have the little labels too. <laughs> <laughs> that's gonna take very it. little labels. <laughs> <laughs> you. Filthy criminals. Well, that's going to take us into video game news, guys. And in video game news, it's kind of light, uh, nothing really big, because after the whole E3 information and everything busted about there. Oh, but wait, there is some big news. Everyone has been asking for the Batman Arkham Asylum demo. On Friday, June 19th, on the Batman Arkham Asylum video game website, they announced that the demo will be coming out. For PS3, Xbox 360, and PC. Now, what we're wondering is, since all the demos have started popping up at Targets, Walmarts, GameStops, is it going to be that demo? I've played it. It's four rounds. You even get to fight Mr. Zaz. I I loved it. What about you guys? I actually finally had a chance to play it, finally. I, I thought it was amazing. I really like the free-flow combat that they do. I just hope that this demo that they're going to have for us to be able to download for our different systems, I really hope that it's going to not be the same exact thing. Because I'm going to get sick of those challenge maps really quick then. <laughs> That's a good point. Hopefully it's something different than what we've already gotten a chance to do. Even if it was just a little bit of the first level, I'd be fine with that. Like, the stuff they were letting people play at E3. Yeah, that would be perfect. Oh, yeah, the 15-minute the demo? That was freaking awesome. Yeah, I was there. I, I went to E3. I got to play it. Did anybody else get to go check that out? No. No, no you were probably the only one out there. <laughs> well, it was awesome. <laughs> I mean, they had the 89 Batmobile out there, and, uh, you know, it had a really cool setup. Uh, in which to play, they had the Arkham Asylum gates and everything. No, the demo was a lot of fun. And, you know, even given you, you don't have the instruction booklet or anything like that to try and figure out, what, you know, what you needed to do, but it, it, feel, it felt pretty intuitive, actually, compared with other games. So, you you know, we picked it up pretty quickly. We got to play a little bit of the, the battle against Zaz and uh, Harley Quinn as well. It was a lot of fun. I loved it. See, I, I think, Brian, you got to play, like, the, the extra long exclusive demo that they had for out there for the E3 crowd out there. Yeah. Yeah, I'm hoping that we can maybe get that. But, you know, I mean, whatever we get, we'll be thankful for. <laughs> but you know what the, the, the hidden factor in that is if you ever get a chance to play the demo, I think Rocksteady has nailed how to do a cape in a video game. Because <laughs> when you're playing it, for a second, you forget about it because it, the the free flow style that Dustin was talking about, you almost forget how the cape is going to react, but it folds and it goes over itself like really well. And it was like, oh man, that's that's pretty cool. You've never had that in a video game before. Yeah, most of the time the the, the cape just either sways at the very bottom or doesn't move at all. <laughs> yeah, or it goes right yeah. through the person because they couldn't do the pixels right or something. <laughs> Yeah, that would the cape would cut through the person. Yeah. Well, I have to say, one really cool demo idea that I'm sure someone's been thinking about would be give us the 15 minute of the actual game and then give us the challenge maps. That's way, that way there's, one, there's replay value because you're not going to 
play. I mean, I'm sure a lot of us are going to play the 15 minutes a couple times, but it's going to get old. If we're fighting, we can learn how to fight different ways instead of having to play the 15 minutes. So give us both. Give us the store demo and the E3 demo wrapped in one. That'd be awesome. Oh, that'd be sweet. But um, as far as video game news, guys, that's all we have. But it was really good. I gotta get me one of those. Alright, so on to the last bit of news we have. We have some general news. Actually, we only have one story. On June the 9th, I'm not sure if this was actually... We had this before the last episode we recorded, but it must have just slipped my mind somehow. The official Burt Ward website has sent us some information saying that they're going to be launching a special VIC access website. VIC stands for Very Important Citizens. You have to pay a small fee of $15 for a year. You'll have access to some exclusive items and discounts that other people aren't. There's, this is limited to only 1,000 fans worldwide, so if you want to be a very important citizen and have access to some discounts on Burt Ward's website, then you can check it out over at his website. Look for BurtWardLive.com forward slash vic underscore information dot html um, and if you didn't catch the address you can always check out general news and it'll pop up on the website so that's that bit, bit of news you know if i can comment really quick on on burt ward's site this has nothing to do with the with the very important citizen thing but on his site he has some pretty cool merch and if you're into the, the 1966 series, he's, you know, he's got some cool keychains and stickers, car decals that have the Batman and Robin logos from the 60s series, and even the the animated characters done as car decals. It's actually kind of cool, I thought, if you're into that. Oh, yes. <laughs> That's cool. And the fan club for paying for a year, that reminds me of the... I used to be a member of, like, some boy band's fan club. It's kind of funny that Burt Ward has one. It's just amusing. Yeah, I mean, I like Burt Ward, but when I first read all this, I didn't really understand what, what it was all about. It was yeah. very confusing. <laughs> I thought it was a joke. <laughs> yes, I post joke news. <laughs> you sure you didn't hurt your head in that fight, Batman? All right, so that's all the news we've got for this episode. Let's jump into our... Spotlight character, which, as I mentioned earlier, is Batwoman. Now, we're not talking specifically about Kate Kane or Kathy Kane or whatever name you want to call her. We're actually talking about Batwoman, the character, like we did when we talked about the Robins a couple episodes back. All right, so let's talk about Batwoman. Batman was a costume crime fighter who fought alongside Batman in various realities and was either an ally or a romantic partner or sometimes both. On Earth 2, socialite Kathy Kane was inspired by Batman to don a variation of his Batsuit and join his fight against crime in Gotham City. With her yellow unitard, red gloves, boots, belt, and cape, the adventurer used a red purse (laughs) to substitute for Batman's famed utility belt. In Detective Comics number 233, July 1956, Batwoman fought beside Batman and even championed her niece Betty Kane as Batgirl. Batman continually encouraged Batwoman to give up the dangerous profession, and eventually she retired when Batman married Catwoman. Woohoo! Although C subsequently married and had her children, her husband was never identified. 
in the wake of Batman's death, Kane came out of retirement to protect Gotham City when it was threatened by Professor Hugo Strange in The Brave and the Bold, number 182, January 1982. On Earth One, socialite Kathy Kane was also inspired by Batman to don a variation on his Batsuit and join his fight against crime in Gotham City. In Detective Comics, number 233, once again. She voluntarily retired after years of crime fighting and purchased a circus. Sadly, Kane became a victim in a war between Ra's al Ghul and the Sensei in Detective Comics number 485 in 1979. In the reality created in the wake of Infinite Crisis, Catherine Kate Kane donned a black and red outfit and first fought crime as Batwoman during Batman's one-year absence from Gotham City. She was befriended by Nightwing and slowly accepted by the Gotham Guardian upon his return. This was in 52, number 11, 2006. On other parallel worlds, Kathy Kane became Batwoman, but in other realities, different people used the name. One example was a resident from New Genesis who, inspired by Batman, modified armor to match his uniform. She wrote a Batwing dog creature named Ace, and this was in Kingdom Come, 1996, Another was Selina Kyle, partnering with her husband, Batman, in an outfit resembling Batwoman's traditional red and yellow garb. And this was in JLA The Nail, JLA Another Nail, from July 2004. Helena Wayne was the Batwoman of a world where traditional gender roles were reversed, and her best friend was Superman. Superman, Batman, number 24, from November 2006. In one potential future... Betty Kane Flamber became an adult to take on the name Batwoman. So that is the history of Batwoman. Maybe in a future episode we'll actually cover Kathy Kane, since she's the one that's being featured in Detective Comics now. They didn't mention this, but in Teen Titans, when they fought their future selves, I believe it was Cassandra Kane who became Batwoman, so that was kind of interesting. Well, as we all know, it's, we'll have to wait and see what to see what happens to Cassandra Kane. Maybe she doesn't become Batwoman because she's killed. <laughs> because she's it killed, sounded yes. like you hoped for that. <laughs> <laughs> no, why would I hope for a character dying? <laughs> I have never done that, and I plead the fifth. <laughs> okay. Yeah, right. The guy who has the number uh, on speed dial for Jason Todd and anybody else that put up on the chopping block. <laughs> I plead the fifth. <laughs> People are dying, Alfred. What would you have me do? All right, so let's get into our feature, fan films. Let's talk all about fan films. Brian, let's start with you. What do you got for fan films? Well, what do I? Well, I can, you know, I bring my my own fan film to the table, but I, you know, we've kind of talked about that. I do have a a little piece of news on on Batman Forsaken. We just entered the Superman fan film uh, competition at the Superman Celebration in Metropolis, Illinois, and that was last weekend. And Batman Forsaken actually finished second place. I don't know who beat us, but you know, considering it was a Superman festival, it's not bad that a Batman film took second. So I'll take it. That's awesome. We're, That's yes. super Thank you. <laughs> there, you know, there's a lot of, of Batman fan films out there. They've become more and more popular as people, you know, as you know, the technology becomes accessible to to everybody. Batmanfanfilms.net has been a, a pretty good resource for for looking at what's out there in terms of trailers and finished films. I have some of my favorites, but you know, Batman Dead End is is the one that kind of everybody still looks to. 
as the the gold standard for for a Batman fan film. The room's about nine minutes long. I liked it. It was very, you know, had a high production value. It's Batman versus Joker until about seven minutes into it. And then it becomes Batman and Joker versus Alien and Predator. And that's where it kind of derailed for me. But um, (laughs) I did like this. (laughs) That's actually where it derailed for a lot of us. Yeah. Yeah. I I didn't like the Alien part. (laughs) But... It's like, oh, this is really cool. And then Alien shows up, and you're like, what just happened? I know. I was like, am I watching the right fan film? <laughs> this is different. I the thing... it was jo- when, I, when I first saw it, I actually thought it was a joke. I thought it was like, ah. <laughs> yeah, me too. The thing with Dead End is that I was watching it before we came on here, and the first, as we were saying, three or four minutes are absolutely brilliant. You could expect to see that in a Christopher Nolan sort of film. It just looks brilliant. Some of the best stuff you'll ever see. But as we say, when the alien predator turn ups, it just ruins the entire thing. And I just don't want to watch anymore. I just, I think they should just, they should have cut two versions, one for Batman fans and one for everyone else. (laughs) (laughs) Well, well, Sandy Calera, the one that did the directing for it, actually had did this to get his name out there that he can direct and, you know, possibly land a future gig. And Brian, you may correct me, but I think he spent, what was it, like $28,000 just doing this fan film and what it was was that sandy was best known for doing like the creative puppets like what we saw in the the aliens and the predators so he used what he knew and him coming from that kind of background that's what he added inside the fan film and one of the things he that he really liked was that basic batman kind of alex ross type batman and that's what he put within this film yeah, I think he he spent the I, I think he spent the bulk of his money in the costuming, you know, primarily for Alien and Predator. You know, for aspiring you know fan film creators, you don't typically need to spend that much money on your project. Most people don't have that kind of dispensable income. <laughs> that, uh, that's a lot. That's a big budget. <laughs> yeah, but you know, you can you can be creative. I know a lot of people are more taking the the quote-unquote real-world approach, where it's almost like a uh, like a Cloverfield Batman approach, um, which, you know, can be cool and fun if, the, if it's done right. With Batman Forsaken, though, you know, our approach was because we don't have a $100 million budget, we're going to spend our time with the characters. And, you know, fortunately, we had some people get involved that, you know, we're familiar with digital filmmaking, digital animation. We're able to lend a hand in creating some of the environments that you saw, even in that in that trailer, the eagle-eyed, you know, bat fans will see that, you know, that we did a portion inside the bat cave. And if you really look closely, you can see the giant penny in the background. You can see the bat computer in the background that we, you know, we tried to seamlessly blend into the, to the bat cave environment. There's one shot of, of a bank exploding, you know, obviously that was a digital shot. So you can, you know, if you, if you know the right people, you can get that kind of stuff done. Being that I'm in Los Angeles, you know, we kind of know a lot of people that are into that. So we kind of have an advantage there just based on location. But really, I, I think our strength in Forsaken comes from the costuming and the characters, you know, and, and being able to, to bring those characters to life. One thing that I, I really didn't want to do was mimic anything that's already been done. Because, you know, being that it's a fan film and a, the budget is significantly smaller... I can't even begin to try and compete with the Dark Knight or Batman Begins. I mean, these, you know, that, that money's ridiculous. I don't have that kind of cash. So, you know, what we we took did our own take. I said, you know, I told I told our Joker. I said, don't try and be Heath Ledger. Don't try and be Jack Nicholson. 
he does get a little bit Mark Hamill sometimes because that's his <laughs> primary influence. But but for the most part, you know, I, I it was my direction that everybody do your own do your own take. And as we all know, there are a million people out there right now doing a Heath Ledger Joker impression. So I wasn't really interested in that. How about Grayson, bro? You like that one, bro? Grayson, yeah, I thought Grayson was well done. I I think they should have stuck to the Batman core characters with Grayson. You know, it kind of gets a little wonky for me when you bring in Superman and Green Lantern and Wonder Woman. That didn't really do anything for me, but I thought the inclusion of Chief O'Hara was interesting. The idea of a grown-up Dick Grayson, who's not Nightwing, or he was Nightwing or whatever you know the story is, but he's now becoming Robin again to avenge the murder of Bruce Wayne. I, you know, it was it was really well done. I thought it was very cool. It was a lot of fun. The guy who directed it, and he did it with the very old com- camera that he, I guess, he used from his from film school, and like th- that thing looked really old from from the behind the scenes things that I had saw on it. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. It's really good looking, but I think the problem with that one, as you said, is that they pack in so many characters. I mean, that's one that you can't really watch once, or you watch once with a lot of pausing and like, okay, who's that? Oh, got it. And yeah. who's that? <laughs> so, it's it's good though. I like the idea of the story. With Grayson, like I actually I wanted to see more. It was meant to be a trailer for you know an eventual film or whatnot. But the thing is, with that, it left me wanting to know more about the story. Knowing that it's a fan film from the get-go, I'm not saying you have to tell your story right away, but if you know you're not going to be able to finish or, or you're not going to have the intention or, or you don't have the intention to actually put out more episodes before you release it, I would want to... I, my, this is just my personal opinion. I want to see more about that specific story because I don't, I'd like to know how it plays out instead of being left on a cliffhanger and then never, ever knowing what the intent was. You know what? That's a, that's actually a really common complaint amongst fans. You know, having, having done this now, having come out with the trailer, the, the question, you know, the follow-up question is exactly what you just said, is are you ever actually going to do this? I can't speak for other creators. Our intent is yes. You know, we're, you know, like we've said on your on your podcast before, our intent is to create a serials, much like the nineteen forties Batman serials. And I have a very specific story that I that I want to tell that takes place entirely in the Batman universe. You know, and this is this is a means for for me to go about doing that. But the trailer is by no means it's purely just to give a give a taste, give a you know, a flavor of what the film will be. It's not the trailer was it. You know, I did my three minutes of filmmaking and, you know, I'm moving on to other projects. No, I really had a Batman story. I have a Batman story that I want to tell. But for for filmmakers and creators who do fan films, if, if they think by coming out with a trailer that suddenly all these investors are going to come knocking down your door, uh, yeah, that's not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> Especially for a copyrighted character. That's, that's the biggest thing. Unless Warner Brothers is asking you to do it, you're not really going to be able to get the job and tell the story that you want to tell when it's characters that are licensed to a bigger company. Right. You know, you, you really go into it and you got to say, okay, we're doing this for the love of the game. We love, you know, these characters. We love filmmaking. We just want to do it. Don't expect to make money. Don't expect to have a lot of, you know, cash show up. Just do it because you really love the characters and you want to do something fun and something that's, that's cool and challenging because that's really what it is. 
nothing more. So did you, did you film Batman Forsaken like mostly on weekends and whenever you had any spare time then? Yeah, actually, it was shot entirely in one weekend. It was it the whole was thing hours. in one weekend. Yep, yep, yep. All the locations you sh- you saw were all inside of one soundstage. We created those those environments all you know just in one little soundstage in Los Angeles. My personal favorite was the Catwoman set. You saw at the very beginning, she's crawling across the the roof the window roof window the skylight. And uh, oh yes, yes, yeah we. Yeah, so we had a, you know, it was it was a it was a grueling 48 hours of of shooting, but it was a lot of fun. It opened my eyes to how intense, you know, it really is. You, know, you probably heard the the adage that you know, shooting a movie is hurry up and wait. You're just, you know, you're busting your butt to try and get these sets put together and to make them look great, and then you shoot on them for for a very short time compared to how long it takes to put them together. And there's a lot of sitting around for those who aren't involved in the in the setup, you know, the crew part. But it was it was very it was it was grueling, but it was a lot of fun. For Forsaken, you're not you know I shouldn't say for Forsaken, but for all you know Batman fan films, is you, you got to know who your audience is. There's a very niche audience that are on the internet that are watching fan films, and then on top of just watching fan films are watching Batman fan films. So these are already Batman fans. So I didn't feel like I had to go back and, and tell people, hey, Bruce Wayne's parents were murdered. Everybody knows that. Yeah. Everybody who, who yeah. you know, so I, I didn't, I didn't want to do an origin story. I wanted to do a current story with the current characters we're all familiar with and, and to try and take them, to a different, take them to a different place than had been seen before. But, but I also threw in some, you know, some nods to some of my influences. Obviously, the character bits, the character close-ups, that was from 1966, Batman the movie. With the, um, with, with the colored spotlights. spotlights. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, with the spot color. Yeah. The spot color is from the 1966 movie. I remember seeing that as a kid, and I just thought it was, like, the coolest thing in the world. And so uh, I, I wanted to throw that in there. And also, the other, the other thing is throwing an ace to the Bat Hound at the very end. Yes, when I get messages amazing. and people go, what? But you thought it was amazing? Yes. <laughs> I loved you for that. <laughs> Love it. Oh, well, thank that. you. You're just a dog. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I figured that, but <laughs> it was pretty uh, cool. It was, it was a completely CG rendered dog, uh, totally built from scratch. <laughs> it was an audio animatronic figure. Um <laughs> No, the uh, I threw that in because I that was kind of my nod saying, if you know who this is, then this is for you. <laughs> you know, I've gotten a lot of messages. People go, well, you know, what's with the dog? You know, who's, who's what's this dog at the end? And and to the, I, my answer is to those people, then you don't. This wasn't for you then. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's cover a l- couple other of the fan films. This isn't really Batman fan films per se, but one of the fan films that I really enjoy is It's Some Random Guy. Um, <laughs> and his videos are hilarious. If you haven't seen them, check them out. He's on, he's, he stations himself on YouTube, and he actually has been doing it for, I want to say, close to two years now. And he's at first it started out with, I'm a Marvel, I'm a DC, but now with the different movies coming out, he uses some of the superheroes in his comparison to some of the big blockbusters coming out. Batman has been featured a ton ever since The Dark Knight has come out. I You're really enjoy what he does. Hilarious. It, it, uh, the, the one when Wolverine movie was just coming out, 
and it was Wolverine facing off against Batman. Oh my god, that video had me in stitches. I was laughing. Yeah, I think one of the better Batman ones was Twas the Dark Night Before Christmas. That one was really good too. Yeah. And there was a good one with uh, Iron Man who thought he was the big hit of the summer. And then, and, and, then the, <laughs> and then the Dark Knight came along and wiped a slate with him. Yeah. yeah. Wasn't that the one where he like, goes to the future and Jesus yeah, Jesus, yeah, Jesus, yeah. <laughs> right. I've cryogenically frozen myself so I can be here for the, the Dark Knight. I yeah. have come back, my children, to see the Dark Knight. That was the greatest. <laughs> and then the Spider-Man and Batman pair-up, where Spider-Man's hallucinating it, was one of my favorites. So those are uh, interesting. Uh, it's not the, the typical fan film, but th- those are pretty funny. Can I suggest one other one that I, I quite, I'm quite a fan of is uh, Patient J. Have you guys seen yeah, that one? Oh, yes, that's a good one. That's a good one with just about the Joker, and he's in, I think he's in Arkham Asylum, and he's, it's just him and a psychologist, and, um, it, and it, I think it's about 10, 15 minutes long. It's excellent. It all goes through the birth of the Joker and, I think, big moments in his life, and, uh, and in the end there's quite a good twist with the psychologist. So if you haven't checked that one out, it's certainly a slightly more obscure one, then go and check out Patient J. Mm-hmm. Just as a reminder, while you're listening to this, we're telling you about all these films. If you don't, if you're not a member on the forums, go over to the forums, and we'll actually start up a thread for all the fan films and provide links so that way you can actually watch some of these if you haven't seen them. Cool. There's, there's kind of been seems like there's two schools of thought right now on on doing a Batman fan film. You either take the the humor approach, which you know for a fan film is is usually a good idea because you can. You can tell a joke, you know, in, in four minutes and, and post it on YouTube, like the interrogation spoof, you know, that kind of stuff. You guys are familiar with the Dark Knight interrogation spoof? Oh, yeah. Yes. yeah, very so good. The, growl, the growling Batman and Joker can't understand anything he's saying. Yeah, yeah. throat cancer. It's pretty hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. You know, or you can do the more serious approach, like Patient J, like World's Finest or Dead End or Batman Forsaken, where it's... You know, it's, it seems like it's a more serious approach to a story. Not as necessarily, not as conducive to the YouTube deal, because most people aren't sitting around, you know, with a bag of popcorn, you know, really engaged in a story. But at the same time, you know, you can, if you really have a story you want to tell, that's a good, that's a good way to go. But yeah, the, the quick humor approach is, it seems to be pretty successful. I mean, the interrogation spoof is one of the most popular things on YouTube. Another one that I don't think a lot of people know about, but I have found and I thought it was amazing. And there's a fan film called Batman Dark Tomorrow. And not to be confused with the video game, but there's a this these group of guys, they, they have a website, save the Empire Videos dot com or something very similar to that. And they did a couple different videos. It was basically just a group of friends, but they started out making some just general commercial spoof type videos and then they went on to make like a real world superhero edition and the videos are actually really amusing and then because a lot of people liked them they ended up making a batman fan film that was actually about 50 minutes long so it's pretty good and if you haven't seen that make sure you check that one out because i thought they did a real good job and one of the things that i find really good about it is that if you go onto their website, they have a bunch of like behind-the-scenes making of videos that I find really cool too. Well, that's really all the videos on their website are pretty cool. I definitely recommend checking out their website. Even though I can't remember it right now. 
So check out the forums for when one of us remembers the website and posts it. <laughs> well, another good one that I enjoyed, even though it's just a trailer, was Sandy Cholera's follow-up to Dead End, which was uh, World's Finest. You know, he uses the same Batman that he used in Dead End, uh, but this time you get to see him as Bruce Wayne, and it's it's actually more of a Superman story. But you know, the Superman guy that he cast is probably one of the most amazing fan film Superman I've ever seen. This is a this guy's yoked. He's a big dude. I mean, Jesus, he's a spot-on Superman. It, it was actually it's it's pretty well done. You know, the two faces a little weird, but for the uh, for the most part, you know, Sandy Colorado did another great trailer in, in World's Finest. Yeah, World's Finest is another really good one. I mean, he he does some pretty nice production in his videos. Two-Face seems to be a character that quite a few fan films struggle to get the look of and just the feel of the character. But I thought Batman Forsaken actually has has got a pretty good portrayal of him. He definitely got the makeup good as well. Oh, yeah. Oh, our our Two-Face? Yeah, he's great. That's all his own prosthetic that that he designed and uh, had had created for him. He actually, he used to appear at Comic-Con as as the question before he started doing Two-Face. All right. The male version of the question. Not the hey, you, know, <laughs> <laughs> you know what's one character that we never really see in fan films from the Batman universe is Mr. Freeze. You never get to see a, a, a Mr. Freeze in a fan film. Well, well, I think part of the problem is that there's so many interpretations of Mr. Freeze. Basically, every time there's a new artist that's drawing Mr. Freeze, they've got a completely new way of drawing him, or a new writer comes along and changes everything so that... I'll never forget the first time I saw Mr. Freeze as the spider head. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's just Every time I think of Mr. Freeze, I just I, I, I can't help but to think of, you know, spider head. <laughs> Yeah, like you're saying, Dustin, about Mr. Freeze, there hasn't really been a, a definitive Mr. Freeze interpretation in, in, in the broader pop, pop culture for this generation. You know, and it's a similar situation with the Riddler. You know, like with Joker, everybody looks, you know, right now, everybody's looking to, that's the Heath Ledger is the Joker, and that's how everybody sees him. It, you know, right. that's a, a, you're throwing a, 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 casting a wide net there. But it, with Mr. Freeze, I don't think anybody looks to Arnold Schwarzenegger as the definitive Mr. Freeze. And, you know, yeah, you know, the Riddler is, is kind of a similar situation. So I think once that once that definitive take is is done, then I think you'll see more people trying to do Mr. Freeze. Another problem with him is you got to have somebody who you got to know someone who can achieve the uh, the effects, the ice effects. Right. I mean, what's Mr. Yeah. Freeze without his like freeze gun? You got to be able to freeze stuff. And then there's so, the plus. Suit. Um, yeah, I was going to say his suit might just look like a suit with some Christmas lights on or something like that. Yeah, you don't, <laughs> you don't want to do worse than Shoemaker. I mean, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I might have to do my Mr. Freeze fan film then. Give him some props or respect. <laughs> you, you should play him, Al You should play Mr. Freeze. <laughs> oh no, he sounds way more educated than I am. <laughs> you, you, You'd be, be you'd be betraying all your your Joker fans though. Oh uh, yes, uh, they would be like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> like Apple, Apple, you've sold out. I, I know, right? I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I think Joker's too much instilled in me. <laughs> uh, speaking yeah, well, of you know, playing it, characters, Brian, I noticed that in Batman Forsaken, you play Batman, don't you? Uh, hmm. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, I, I don't profess like? to be an actor. It was, it was awesome. Are you kidding? 
I mean, you get to you get to put on the bat suit. That's probably the most empowering thing I've ever done in my life. But, and it's not. First of all, it's it's completely uncomfortable. Michael Keaton. I totally feel sorry for the man. Uh, anybody who's had to had to wear that suit for any you know length of time, I I, I don't envy that. It's it, but it, that said, the coolest part is not the cowl, as you might think. It's the gauntlets. It's the gloves. The gloves are awesome. They're, you know, they come all the way up to your elbow, and they got the sweet fins on the side. Wearing those gloves was very, very cool and empowering. So, yeah, I, I did play Batman. Yes, that's my voice doing Batman. Like it or, or hate it. I've, I've heard both. Uh, what did you guys think? You, probably, I do okay? you could probably give Christian Bale some lessons. Yeah, no. oh, I think it was oh. divisive. Ouch. <laughs> Ouch. No, I'm kidding. There's a little dig right there. Uh, <laughs> I have one question, Brian. Uh, in your film, yeah, you have yeah. like the puppet of Robin right there. Uh, are we alluding okay. to you're killing Jason Todd in the story? Can we go ahead and just say that right now? <laughs> no. You are so savage, Apple. You're killing him in the video, right? No. You're killing him in the film. You can. Okay. <laughs> All right. First, let, let, let me let me backtrack just a second to the to the Batman thing. I'm not going to be playing Batman in, in Batman Forsaken. We do have two more. Two. We're down to two candidates that we're looking at to play Batman. Mainly because anybody, almost anybody who you know kind of has a, a a strong facial structure can pull off wearing the suit. But it's really, it really takes it takes a certain individual to be able to pull off Bruce Wayne. And Bruce Wayne is, is very important to this, to any Batman story, and he's very important to my story. So I, I've, I've been very picky about who is going to be our actual Batman. Not that I say, you know, I couldn't pull off Bruce Wayne, just saying. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I think I'll let somebody else do that one, and I'll stay behind the camera. So, yeah, so we're still looking. We have, we have, we're down to two candidates for Batman. As for the, the Robin puppet, if you go back and, and you watch the trailer again, you'll see there's a scene where Joker and Harley are looking at a newspaper, and, and, and Joker says, who is he? And so you're alluding he, the, to a new villain. I'm alluding to a new villain. The new villain is called the Puppeteer. It's a villain that I've created, but it's not. It's, it's a new villain, but it's not. It's one, it's one of our classic villains that is pulling the strings, so to speak, of all the other villains. Their, their M.O. is that they have discovered the true identity of Batman. What created Batman in the first place was the murder of Bruce Wayne's family. And so that if you really want to defeat Batman, you're not going to do it at hand-to-hand combat. You're going to have to rob him of his family again. And now Batman, you know, arguably has, has provided himself a, a new surrogate family, right? I mean, with Robin and Batgirl and Huntress and Nightwing and all these characters, he's created a, a new family for himself. So if you're going to defeat Batman, you need to eliminate his family yet again. And so that's where the title Batman Forsaken comes from, is that it's about, you know, getting Batman down to where he's up against all odds by himself. And so he's discovering all these puppets hanging around Gotham, you know, these cryptic notes that are left for him. And the puppeteer is eliminating his his sidekick companions. So that's kind of the story. And when I say eliminating, that doesn't mean killing necessarily. Cool. Is that cryptic enough for you guys? <laughs> yeah. When do you plan on starting shooting for your serials that you're planning on releasing? We're hoping to, sh- we're hoping to start this fall. The hang up, really. We're, I mean, everybody's pretty much ready to go. We're ready. To, the story's written. 
I've written already the first two episodes of the of the of the serials. The hang-up is the bat suit. It's it's getting our Batman and then doing our bat suit. We have some some new silicone rubber technologies that we're looking at doing because we we're doing an original Batman costume. It's not going to be the Batman Begins or Dark Knight version. We're doing a completely original design that I'm working on with our our Batman candidates on on designing. We're really taking the this is the comic book Batman approach, not the film approach. I think that was where our strength is as as Gotham Public Works is that all the villains and all the characters are directly lifted from the comics, that were not the film versions of those characters. And I, and I felt like it was very important that our Batman be the same. So um, our Batman's he's not going to be wearing spandex, but he'll, he'll be wearing a, a silicone-based suit that will hopefully, that we're looking at some, some new silicones that will allow for more mobility and flexibility in, in Batman himself. And it will be gray and black. Oh, yeah, sweet. Gray and black. Very okay, cool. just to throw out, let's let's throw out a couple other fan films that anybody can think of that we won't really discuss. Just ones that we've seen. One of the ones that I have seen more recently is there's a fan film called The Greatest Fan Film of All Time. It's an animated and it has like every superhero from Marvel, DC, and a bunch of other companies as well. But the same people who made that film also made a film called Batman's Going to Get Shot in the Face. And I found, I found <laughs> hilarious. That's a little morbid, dude. Yeah. Well, but they're real funny. Is, they're real funny, though. Yeah, they take the Justice League, and they it's like they're interviewing them and saying why Batman is shouldn't be in the Justice League. He can't fly. He can't move fast. He just doesn't have any powers. And then, like, they interview all of his sidekicks, and his sidekicks are sitting there saying, you know, I've broken this, I've broken that. And then there's somebody else saying, well, they actually, they go through every single person who's been a Batman sidekick and says why it doesn't help to be a Batman sidekick. Like, Oracle's like, well, I got shot by the Joker. He's like, I've broken a thousand different bones. Jason Todd, and he goes, oh, by the way, Jason Todd, yeah, he's dead. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's it's but, not meant Florida. to be serious at all. It's it's meant to be funny. That's the whole point. That's cool. Right. I know one other film that Apple's going to love, and that's called Jason. And it's and it's just yes. about a minute of Jason Todd with a monologue. Well, he'll it's not very good. have to check that out. <laughs> um, there's another one that I have been watching. It's kind of in a s- series currently, and. It's on YouTube every couple of weeks. A new one comes out. It's called The Joker Blogs. And it's really cool. The person who does The Joker is a like a spot-on Heath Ledger impersonator. And it's got a Harley. So that's pretty cool. So I actually checked those out. They are pretty cool. Yeah, they're really well done so far. I think I'm a couple weeks behind on watching them. But so far, so good. I'm looking forward to the story that they're developing. There's a music video that just hit a week or, or two ago, and it's uh, it's two uh, twin sisters who oh, do yes, the Heath yes, Ledger yes. Joker and Harley Quinn, and it's incredibly well done. I didn't know it was a the Joker was a girl at first, you know, and it wasn't until the credits rolled that I realized it was it was two sisters. But the the production value is really you know the editing is fantastic, and it's definitely the 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 Dark Knight you know flavor, the why so serious type stuff. It's very cool. I've seen that one too. That one was really good. And like I said, we'll we'll make sure that we post all of the we'll post a ton of the links for all the ones that we've mentioned and talked about. But one thing that I want to tell everyone about um, that 
you may not have heard of yet is there's a new CG video that's there was a person his name is Paul he created a CG trailer for a fan, basically of a movie called Arkham and it basically goes through Arkham Asylum leading up to the cell where the Joker's at and it is awesome we are actually going to be interviewing Paul on the special podcast, and you'll be able to check that out sometime in the next couple weeks, if not when you're reading this now. We still have to set an exact time. By the time we're recording this, we have to set an exact time, but we're hoping to get that out, and you'll actually be able to view the trailer in front of the interview itself. So he's actually hoping to make it a full-length film, and if you haven't seen it, you need to check it out because it is amazing how well it is. It's complete CG. Yeah, give the guys YouTube more hits so that he's encouraged to keep going because it is pretty amazing. Yeah. That that thing yeah, looked, it, looked, it was it looked, so detailed, looked freaking nice. Yeah, it looked professional. It looked like something that you would see in the cinema. It was that good. You'll actually I, you know, at first I thought it was live action when it first started. I mean, his his environment was so beautifully rendered and and detailed that you think you're actually, you know, it's it's a filmed on location. And it isn't really until you know he pans up into the Joker's cell and he reveals the Joker that you realize what you've you've been watching is a CG animated bit. It's very well done. Yeah, and it looks like a professionally done trailer too. I got the link and I emailed back. I was like, "Are the people that make the animated movies making this? Is this coming out on DVD?" <laughs> so it's pretty cool. So, like I said, make sure you're looking out for that. That'll be coming out hopefully within the next couple weeks, if not already by now. Now, who's behind this little enterprise? That's pretty much going to wrap everything up for this episode. I want to thank Brian for coming on the episode. We appreciate it, and I'm sure we'll we'll meet up when we're at Comic-Con, and you guys will be seeing him on some of the video podcasts that we're planning on doing as well. Now, all right, let's go through the, the normal... Stuff we do at every episode. Remember, you can check us out on Facebook, MySpace, and Blogspot. You can also head over to the website, check out your daily dose of Batman news, check out the forums. Forums are always active with people on it. Well, besides the fact we are all, we are all on the forums, um, Brian is actually a new addition to the forums, and he can attest that it's pretty active day to day. Yeah, I'm 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 there all the time, and you know it's it's still at a good point where you can jump on and, and really get into the conversations. It's not too diluted with, with people that you can you feel like you're out of the loop. I like exactly. it. I'm fun. So go on to the forums. You can become a member. Also, you can email us at podcast.thebatmanuniverse.net if you don't want to join the forums and you want to send in your comments. Leave us a review on iTunes, preferably five stars, if that's what floats your boat. And that's pretty much everything that you can do in relationship to the website and the podcast. So as a special a little announcement, I'll throw it over Apple, so he's got something that he wants to tell everybody about. Uh, yes, for the first time on Batman Universe, we are expanding. And with this expansion, we are going to be covering uh, actually having a new website and a new forum dedicated to DC Universe online MMO action video game. So our first podcast is already up on iTunes. So just go ahead and type in DCUO. Uh, go ahead and download it. Tell your friends. Go ahead and just send us comments. Comment on the on the podcast. You'll find everything within there. See whatever hero or villain you're going to create within that universe and hop on over and join us on the, the DCUOUnlimited.com. Yeah, that's... 
one more way that the Batman universe is branching out into other areas, but that site will be specifically featuring the video game as, as far as, that's one of the reasons why we haven't actually been reporting a lot of the news in relationship to that video game, is because we were anticipating the launch of this site. So, that's pretty much everything for this episode. Again, thanks to Brian for coming on the show. This is Dustin. This is Apple. This is Savannah. This is Nick. And this is Brian. And you've been listening to the Batman Universe Podcast. We'll catch you guys next time. Take care, guys. Thanks, everybody. Pit, pit. Later. Heroin? Heroin. Heroin. I always get thrown off because it doesn't seem like I should be saying heroin. Yeah. And yesterday on the Batman Arc... Oh, on June 19th. Don't say yesterday. Yesterday. Yeah, no. I saw the date afterwards. We've been doing this for over a year. (laughs) (laughs) Pit, pit. (laughs) Later. I had to mute my mic. <laughs> <laughs> That's a little treat for those people that have listened to the commentary. Yeah. <laughs> I got Dustin in that email where I said, pip pip to you, sir. <laughs> okay, I'm going to read that email just because I'm telling you it did not make any sense. Yes. You didn't incorporate it into a normal conversation. I seriously had no idea what you were talking about. <laughs> Uh oh, Nick went already with Megatron. He went Megatron. Here he goes, Megatron. What was that? He took the words out of my mouth. I'm like, dude, who's got the Transformers mask on? That's enough. That'll be Nick. Yeah, that's Nick. Uh, pretty much an hour and a half into every every one of our discussions. It's like his computer's on a timer. Am I back to the thing I've ever... <laughs> <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> no, Nick. <laughs> That's awesome.